Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. After back-to-back home losses, our beloved went back out on the road to Minnesota, looking to end their losing streak and avenge their earlier loss to the Vikings in Soldier Field on week eight. Did the Bears leave their mark, or were they the ones that were run over? All of this plus bear up and bear down on the Week 15 Review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. From playoff hopes to faint playoff hopes to no playoff hopes, all in a matter of about three to four weeks. And our beloved just looking to finish out the string, getting a victory or two from here on out. What's going on, everybody? Larry D back for the week 15 review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And uh, uh, so this one didn't work out at all. Uh, You will hear me on the knee-jerk reactions Make me sound like I've got a crystal ball, and I actually used the word crystal ball uh, in the first quarter knee-jerk reaction, where I pretty much pinpoint the moment that I thought the Bears lost the game, and that's um, and that happened in the first quarter. I'll I'll save the knee-jerk reaction and, and let you see the moment that I knew this was not going to be our day, uh, the moment that I knew that pretty much any progress the Bears are going to have in this game was taken away from us. Uh, maybe if uh, maybe you guys already know. Uh, what I'm talking about but um, you know lots to talk about there we got bear up and bear down and everything uh, to get to uh, in this one you know this is the the I'd probably say easily easily the worst performance of the year uh, for the Bears I mean we looked bad last week would probably would have been the other contender for poorest performance of the season but at least on offense we made a charge and made a football game uh, out of it uh this this game against uh against minnesota it just um it was in the cards very early on that it was just not going to happen uh for the bears uh on sunday and uh you know minnesota got that big you know bounce back victory that they were looking for after that tough loss to arizona uh last thursday night and uh you know having lost three out of the last four against a better quality opponent uh they finally got somebody in their wheelhouse uh, that they should dominate, and they did pretty much from pillar to post. And and just about every time the Bears got an opportunity, they either squandered it. Um, yeah, no, actually, they they just squandered it because it's you know it really wasn't uh, you know not to take anything away from the Vikings. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was brilliant uh, in the game, uh, four touchdowns, and he ran in a fifth. Um, you know the guy. I don't think he threw more than five incompletions throughout the entire. Uh, football game second week in a row that's happened uh, to the Bears I mean Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback and I think he's going to have a a good career uh, in the league once the the Redskins finally put their support behind him 
But, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, promising player, uh, second-year guy, has been kind of inconsistent, had nine touchdown passes coming into the game, one of the lowest starting quarterbacks, especially for someone who started as many games as he has, uh, almost doubled his uh, – his his amount of touchdowns in one game uh, against the Bears, and that's it's amazing how the Bears always seem to be around for things like that uh, to happen. You know, you got a guy who's never had multiple touchdowns in his career. Hey, and against the Bears, he'll have three. You know, that kind of thing. Teddy Bridgewater not thrown more than two touchdown passes in a game in his abbreviated uh, career, and he threw four against the Bears uh, on Sunday. So uh, it's always fun as a Bear fan to be witness to those special moments for our opponents, isn't it? Isn't it? Anyway, uh, why don't we go ahead and slip right into that first quarter knee-jerk reaction so you can all see the – the moment even as the first quarter was closing out that I'd pretty much decided that um, you know you know maybe I'm getting ahead of myself but I think the Bears blew it when this happened knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Vikings after one quarter and it's already a disaster already and it had happened pretty early on I mean if if I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm just looking in the crystal ball. Maybe I'm just being a cynic. But the Bears um, lost the toss. The Miami, uh, Miami, Minnesota defers. Deontay Thompson damn near runs the whole thing, runs the damn thing back, gets it uh, about midfield uh, or so off of the uh, kickoff. Very first play from scrimmage. Matt Forte breaks one for 35 yards, gets the Bears down to the 15 yard line. 20 seconds into the game, we're already in the red zone, except. Aronis Grasso busted for a holding penalty. Boy, I know you guys are so surprised to hear the Bears got busted for holding. Brought a 35-yard run from Forte back. The Bears basically did nothing uh, with the first drive, did nothing with their second. And Pernell McPhee, who said earlier this week that if he was playing last week against the Redskins, they wouldn't have got off to those fast starts in the first quarter or the second half uh, last week. Uh, well, he's on the field and playing today, and the Vikings took their opening drive 93 yards on 13 plays to put a touchdown uh, on the board just like that. So, so much for Pernell McPhee uh, talking tough about what would have happened if he was out there. Uh, the Bears already, um, you know, the, the, the Vikings are in Bear territory around the 30-yard line. Um, a lot of misdirection, uh, a good play calling, plus poor tackling once again, like we had last week against Washington. Poor tackling uh, this week. And, um, you know, the Bears are down 7 nothing, and the Vikings look to be adding to that total as we head into the second quarter. You know, I, I just hate it when I'm right, and, and it turned out that that, uh, that ended up being the case. That moment right there was the moment that all progress for the Bears pretty much stopped dead. I mean, just flattened out, never, never really saw it again because it just – and it's so frustrating that the Bears keep repeating the same mistakes uh, over and over again. I mean, and you know, John Lynch made a really, really great point. Aside from the fact that he was atrocious for the rest of the game, um, John Lynch, who was the color commentator for the for the game uh, on Sunday, made a really great point that you know, yes, it shows that the Bears have you know five penalties for thirty yards in the game, but you know what it doesn't tell you is how much yardage that they've lost in those penalties Uh, you know case in point being that that big run from Forte 35 yards to start the game gets us inside the 15 yard line and like I said 20 30 seconds into the game we're in the red zone we're ready to get down to business here the Bears came to play you know and 
But, you know, a five-yard penalty or a 10-yard penalty for holding ends up costing the Bears 35 yards in field position. It ends up costing the Bears points because we could at least have gotten a field goal uh, out of that, or one would think Robbie couldn't hook a 22-yard field goal. But, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it, it, you know, God only knows how much yardage that penalty cost us. There was another one uh, later on in the game. Eddie Royal had a great play. Um, like on third and 13 or something like that, took a crossing route and got about 20 yards on it and, and whatnot to be called back by a holding penalty on Jeremy Langford, uh, of all people. Uh, made a reach for the defender and, and, and held on to him and, and, and so on and impeded his progress from being able to tackle uh, Eddie Royal. You know, we lost about 20 yards in field position uh, on that one on top of the uh, the penalty uh, itself. So, I mean, you know, that was a great point that, that John Lynch made. It's like, yeah, it says the Bears have only gotten 35 yards in penalties, but how much yardage have they lost, especially on those offensive uh, penalties, uh, you know, in, in you know, that's affected them and, and – uh, you know, the Bears just pretty much looked incompetent. And <laughs> in this uh, second quarter knee-jerk reaction, now generally I like to keep them between like a minute, minute and a half. This knee-jerk reaction at halftime was uh, about three and a half minutes because, um, yeah, I was, I was kind of frustrated after the second quarter. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the second quarter, the Bears and the Vikings and – you know, hard to say what's going on here. It, it really is. I mean, the Vikings are playing well. Uh, the defense is playing poorly. Uh, I don't think they've stopped the Vikings yet. They've scored three times. They got 17 points uh, on the Bears. Uh, the poor tackling uh, has been a problem. Um, also, just the, the fact that North Turner seems to be calling a great game on offense uh, for the Vikings uh, being the issue uh, as well. I mean, it, it really just, it, you know, like I said, it, maybe I've just got my crystal ball out. Maybe I'm being cynic but it really does feel like the whole day just turned when Horonis Grassu blew the, the, the you know had the holding penalty that blew a 35 yard run from Forte to get the Bears down to the 15 yard line on the first play from scrimmage so I mean it, it really just kind of feels like nothing has gone right for the Bears since then uh, we did manage to back the, the Vikings deep in their own territory and, and start a drive at midfield, you know, changing field position. We're able to short, turn that short drive into a touchdown pass from Cutler to Alshon Jeffrey to make it 10-7. But then the, uh, then the um, Vikings come right back down the field and put the ball in the end zone to make it 17-7 just before the half. And the really odd thing, was that coming down the field where the Vikings were driving, the Bears had all three of their timeouts and didn't use any of them to try to preserve as much clock as they could to give themselves a chance to run the two-minute drill on their way back down the field, You know, regardless of what happened with Minnesota. Minnesota scores with about 35 seconds to go, and the Bears still have all three of their timeouts as the second, as the second quarter closes out. They did not use one timeout to try to stop the clock to give themselves time uh, to go on a two-minute drill. Uh, they got the ball down to about midfield in a failed half ma uh, Hail Mary attempt right before the half. Uh, leaves it at 17-7 to right now, and the worst part is Minnesota gets the ball back after halftime, and aside from that one drive that gave us the opportunity for the short field, uh, the defense hasn't stopped 
Teddy Bridgewater and the offense yet. The only ray of light that we have is Adrian Peterson went down with an ankle injury, uh, but he was walking fine under his own power right before the half, so he may be back uh, in the second half. But with the way the offense played without Peterson uh, and their 10-point lead and our offense's inability to do pretty much anything uh, today, maybe you sit Peterson out and let the, let Teddy Bridgewater and do everybody do uh do what they do you know but um you know remember in the previous episode i said the bears just needed to do what they did the first time around uh they're doing the absolute opposite uh where they shut down bridgewater they got after him they slowed adrian peterson down a guy who's always going to get his yards but didn't really have a big impact on that game uh peterson is all over the place teddy bridgewater's looking like you know the quarterback of the future that the vikings wanted to be and the bears defense is looking inept and i don't know what the hell the story was with that time management at the end of the second quarter so this is my long-winded rant and review of the second quarter we start the second half giving up the ball to the vikings in the third quarter see what i mean just a little bit uh upset lots to talk about in that second quarter uh, especially there at the end at that time management thing the bears had all three timeouts going into the final few minutes uh, of the of the quarter and and did nothing to try to preserve any kind of clock to give themselves a shot uh, to try to do a two-minute uh, drill, as I was saying there uh, in the um, in the review uh, in the in the knee-jerk reaction, it just it was it was mind-boggling what was going on there. I mean, I don't know if you know what the thought was, or maybe they thought. I, I either way, it doesn't make sense. I mean, even if they thought for a minute. Uh, that we were getting the ball back to start the second half or, um, you know, if that was part of the confusion or whatever. The fact that we had three timeouts that, um, you know, that we were in a position to use them to try to preserve clock, even if we just gave up a field goal, which we didn't. We gave up a damn touchdown. But, you know, it just it didn't make any sense what the Bears were doing. And then to to try to run the the two-minute drill – uh, there at the end and still not use any timeouts uh, at the end of it to just I don't know I don't know what the hell the Bears were were doing I've had some conspiracy theorists out there uh, say that this was proof that the Bears were tanking the end of the season for better draft choice I haven't heard anything so stupid in all my life I just think that the Bears were not doing I just I, I don't know that they they, uh, you know, I don't think that had anything to do with what they were doing. I honestly don't. It just that just sounds so stupid uh, to me that they were thinking about draft choices in the middle of a football game like that. I, I don't think so. Um, I just think that they were being idiots. That's all. You know, it's just uh, well, clock management hasn't exactly been one of John Fox's strong points throughout the season. So it's not like. This is something completely out of the realm of what they've been doing all year. They've had issues with clock management throughout the season, and this is just another uh, another indication of that fault that we've had. So hopefully something we can fix uh, in the offseason. But, um, you know, it did leave a lot of people scratching their heads as to what the hell we were thinking there at the end because no one can really quite come up with a clear answer. Uh, except for, like I said, conspiracy theorists who think that it's just proof that the Bears were tanking the season um, or what's left of it anyway. But anyhow, um, you know, it just uh, we did not look good, did not look good after those first flashes in the first quarter there. Uh, you know, the the drive that we had, we, we switched field position on them, started about midfield, were able to get the ball in the end zone, made it a 10-7 ball game. And that's as close as we got 
throughout the rest of the game. The Vikings added that touchdown uh, at the end of the at the end of the half, uh, you know, and the second half started out with a little bit of hope. You know, we're down seventeen to seven. We we you know we can make a make a game of this and uh, uh, and so on. The Bears have specialized this year in in making every football game, including our first one with the Vikings into a football game and you know making it down to the wire and uh making it interesting and everything but uh, you know it's like the the football gods giveth and they taketh away pretty much immediately to start the third quarter and it was all downhill from that point out knee-jerk reaction to the third quarter the bears and the vikings and it just continues to spiral, uh, and it continues to prove that it's, it just doesn't seem to be the Bears' day. I mean, uh, you know, they've, they've done a, such a great job throughout the year uh, of being competitive. Even after falling way behind against the, uh, the Redskins last week, they, you know, they charged back to get the game tied uh, and so on. Uh, this week, it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Uh, the Vikings... Um, well, actually, a bright spot of the game, special teams did something right. Robbie Gold, a surprise onside kick to start the second half. The Bears start with the football, recovered by Sheriff McManus. The Bears get a couple of first downs, and then just out of nowhere, uh, Kyle Long, who has not been playing very well the last couple of weeks, uh, gives up a sack strip fumble. Uh, to Brian Robeson, I believe is who it was. Uh, he, you know, uh, gets Cutler's arm before he throws the football, recovers the ball himself, and the Vikings took that drive in for a touchdown to make it 24 to seven. The only answer the Bears able to muster up through in the third quarter was uh, a 50-yard Robbie Gold field goal. Big deal. I mean, it doesn't mean anything, so obviously he's going to hit it. But um, you know. So it's 24 to 10. Uh, the Bears have the football to start the fourth quarter, and you know we'll see what happens here. Let's see if they can make a game out of it at least before the fourth quarter closes out. Yeah, no, they 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 didn't. The final score 38 to 17. So you can see how that went. Uh, the Bears scoring that uh, final touchdown when it was already a the you know the the game was already in hand at that point. Matt Forte with a touchdown uh, reception. Uh, there, a nice looking play, uh, by the way, set up the defense, uh, perfectly got that, uh, end coming off the, the corner there and basically had to decide if he was going to cover the back out of the backfield or he was going to go after the quarterback and the bears baited him just good enough. He went after Cutler leaving Forte wide open who ran it in for the, uh, the touchdown giving the bears their 17, uh, points. But, um, you know, like I said, that glimmer of hope right there at the beginning, Right there at the beginning with the, with the surprise onside kick, you know, it was one of those where the, the team looks like they're about there, you know, they're running full steam. They're going to kick it off as usual. And then Robbie Gold just kind of taps it. And, uh, you know, all you have to do is wait for the ball to go 10 yards. And Sherrick McManus was able to fall on it after it went to 10 yards. The Bears recover right there at midfield. And all of a sudden, it's like, wow, all right, I like this. Yeah, the Bears taking some chances. Let's do it. And then, like I said, we got a few plays, a couple of first downs. And then Kyle Long, who two weeks in a row now has given up those, uh, you know, basically leaving the the defender out there with a clear shot at Cutler, uh, getting, you know, his wheels, his doors blown off and somebody running right past him. And, um, you know, second week in a row, he's uh, – and second week in a row, it happened on a promising drive. It's not like the Bears were deep in their own territory. We had to go to the length of the field to get there. The Bears were maybe another first down away from being able to kick a field goal at least uh, to add something 
uh, onto the board. But instead, he comes around the edge, beats Kyle Long, uh, you know, like I said, gets a hold of Cutler's arm when he's in the process of throwing the ball. It's a fumble. The same guy that caused the fumble fell on it, same as he did last week uh, against the Redskins. And, uh, you know, just like that, that was it. That was the last that the Bears had. That was uh, after that they had blown their wad and it was over. All the competitive juice they had in there was done. The defense was atrocious uh, in this game. The offensive line, again, uh, five, six sacks on Cutler uh, in this one. You know, another sack fumble and, and things like that. Just an, just an, uh, uh, just a terrible performance uh, from the entire team uh, overall. And, and how ironic that the the one game that the special team seems to shine with Deontay Thompson's return, Robbie Gold kicking a fifty-one yard field goal, uh, the special onside kick, and and so on, is the one game that neither the offense or the defense really shows up in. So it was a uh, very uh, disappointing. And uh, we'll go ahead and run this last uh, fourth quarter. Uh, knee-jerk reaction so you can hear how I was feeling at the end of the game. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the Bears and the Vikings in the fourth quarter, and uh, yeah, uh, I was pretty accurate with my assessment in the first quarter that it was a disaster, even though it was only 7 to nothing at the time. 38-17 uh, to 17 being the final score. Uh, the Bears all of a sudden started caring about using their timeouts when there was five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and we were down by, uh, you know, uh, 14 or whatever it was. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who's uh, never done better than two touchdown passes in his very short career, threw four today and ran for a fifth. So, uh, and they just showed a nice little graphic saying that that's that's the first time that's happened in the Bears Vikings rivalry since September of 1961 when Fran Tarkenton did it. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, it just. Um, yeah, I mean, I swear to God, it just, it really did feel that uh, when the Bears got that great kickoff return to start the game, Forte 35 yards around the corner to the first play from scrimmage, when the holding penalty came through, it just kind of, you know, nothing went right after that happened, and it just, you know, what, you know, was it because... That was it. That was the moment that we doomed ourselves to, to, to another defeat at the hands of the Vikings. Uh, was that the moment? Because that's pretty much, honestly, that is the moment that it all turned around. It went from the Bears uh, looking like they were going to take it to the Vikings and be competitive in this thing to all of a sudden everything went Minnesota's way and nothing went the Bears' way. So, I mean, every, every positive step the Bears took, the Vikings... Uh, you know, took two steps uh, in opposition and then uh, just buried it. So, anyway, the Bears lose it 38-17, fall to 5-9, and nine, and then it's off to Tampa Bay next week before we close out against Detroit. You know, I had forgotten about that stupid statistic, that 1961, you know, five-touchdown game for Fran Tarkenton. I had forgotten all about that until I just listened to the uh, knee-jerk reaction here, and it just kind of, you know, puts a little salt in the wound uh, on that game. And, you know, because I was talking – earlier about hey isn't it always fun that we bear fans getting to witness these historic moments for these players this guy who's never had a multi-touchdown game in his career rattles off three uh he's never had a hundred yard performance in his career he went for 200 against the bears and you know things like that it's it's always fun oh here's the guy with his first nfl sack in a game in which he got four against the bears and you know always fun to see that or oh you know we forgot my favorite part of the whole game was the bears trying to to set up a middle screen and Cutler throwing an interception to a 340-pound uh, nose tackle right in the middle of the field. That was fun. It really was. Always fun to watch something go that badly 
it's just oh my god i mean it just it it helps to have a sense of humor in moments like this when the game is going bad that's just that's just like oh there it is there's the cherry on top there's the there's the frosting on the cake if you will the offensive the defensive lineman in the middle of the field Cutler throws it to him, and in no way in hell you could miss that guy standing right there. And Cutler tried to t- toss it over his head, ended up throwing it right to him. So it's like, yep, that's it. There it is right there. If there was any doubt whatsoever that this was just not going to be the Bears' day, if the uh, if you have any doubt left after that, you're out of your mind. So it's that was, that was perfect, and I think the Vikings made that from – 31 to 10 to 38 to 10 or 31 to 17 to 38 17 uh, after that just to kind of put the nail in the coffin uh, on that and um, you know that was uh, yeah that was a special moment Um, (laughs) because it's like yep there it is that's just uh, that's just the football gods kicking you while you're down is what's going on there that's all that was so uh you know, it's like, ah, oh, geez, look at this. This is, yep, this is happening. That happened. Oh, my God, and they're showing replays. Awesome. You know, that's uh, what that was like there uh, towards the end. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I had forgotten about that and the whole Fran Tarkenton thing. And as if I'm not mistaken, they were saying that that happened in the first game ever between the Bears and the uh, and the Vikings was that five-touchdown performance from Fran Tarkenton. So that was uh, – that was pretty special as well september of 61 is when that happened 54 years ago uh when that took place and uh here we are hadn't happened since our first meeting ever and here we are i think they said it was like the 110th game that the bears have played against the vikings and yeah teddy bridgewater went ahead and did it you know not not dante culpepper or uh warren moon uh or you know any of the other tommy kramer any of the other decent quarterbacks that they've had uh, in uh, Minnesota in that 50-plus years. No, Teddy Bridgewater, he's the one that did it. So there you go. So anyway, the Bears, uh, you know, like I said in the knee-jerk reaction, like I've been saying during the show, pretty much from that first moment when we had the holding penalty uh, against Grassu that brought back the 35-yard run, you know, I mean, it just – you, you got to wonder. What kind of uh, what kind of impact did you know? I mean, obviously we saw what happened after that, but let's say for argument's sake the refs miss it because there were a few. I'm sitting there watching replays. There are quite a few holding penalties on the Bears. Uh, you know, guys holding the the Bears defenders that I saw the referees miss, which was convenient. But uh, you know, what happens? I mean, does the defense come out with a completely different attitude when they take the field? For the first time now they've got a lead to protect even if it is just a three nothing lead the offense went out and got us some points boys let's go out there and protect that lead instead of uh, feeling that it's you know it's on us to go out there and make something happen we got something to play for we got a lead here let's go out there and hang on to it you know it just it, it just it's funny in in this game such an emotional game how things can turn on a dime just like that and I really do feel like it just kind of sucked the life out of the bears after that happened because you never really saw any flashes uh in this one and you know for the second week in a row i kind of feel like the bears are out coached 
uh, in this game. You know, with this, you know, couldn't no answer whatsoever for those crossing routes. Uh, you know, that's what that's how Jordan Reed ate us up last week, and this week it was you know pretty much anyone because they they didn't have a, a tie. I mean. They have a Randolph there, but he wasn't going across the middle of the field. It was Stephon Diggs or it was a running back or somebody coming across the middle of the field getting big yardage and, and things like that uh, against the Bears. It was extremely frustrating uh, to watch, to know that that's what the Vikings were doing over and over again, and we couldn't stop it. Same as it was last week with, with Washington. We knew they were looking for Jordan Reed. They were 9-for-9 nine nine getting in touch with Jordan Reed for 120 yards and two touchdowns or whatever. Uh, it ended up being so it was uh you know second week in a row you know i mean is it is it a coaching thing or is it a, you know maybe it's a combination of both it's a it's a coaching thing because we know it's coming and we can't stop it or you know like i said the tackling again was pretty awful uh once again it just looked like the the vikings were playing with an extra gear that the bears just couldn't find you know because there were two touchdowns on sunday two well, three if you want to count Bridgewater's uh, dive over the top. But there were two touchdowns in particular where running back, where the running back, running back for one and Stephon Diggs for the second um, had to drag defenders or had to do it like a second effort to reach the ball over the goal line to score the touchdown. It wasn't a, hey, he's open, just ran in for the last five yards, no big deal. Hey, touchdown, Vikings. It was, you know, the guys get caught and he's dragging defenders or trying to twist and turn out of tackles and then leapt forward and put the ball over the goal line. That happened two times. And then, like I said, Teddy Bridgewater took off from about the five-yard line to dive into the end zone. And one of our defenders decided to shot put him into the end zone as opposed to trying to slam him down on the ground before he could cross the goal line. But that happened in the game a couple of times uh, on Sunday where it was the extra effort got Minnesota into the end zone and, um, you know, the Bears could do nothing to stop it. So makes you wonder, you know, I mean, we got a lot of young players on this team. Maybe we've hit, maybe we have hit that wall, the, the rookie wall, if you will. We got, a, you know, a lot of undrafted free agents and such, you know, on the team. Or maybe it's just wearing on players that, you know, especially on the defensive side, those guys rotate a lot, whereas, you know, we've got a lot of injuries on that side and, you know, we're not able to rotate as much and, uh, you know, not being able to, to get them out there. So these guys are tired and so and who knows. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, as um, as as you know, we talked about with, uh, you know, injuries have pretty much not allowed the Bears to field the team they wanted to field all season. You know, from week one, I mean, there was never a point in this year where it's like, yeah, the 22 guys that we that we liked at the end of training camp or the 22 guys before training camp started, the the 22 guys that we went on the field are have never been on the field at the same time in one game together all year. That hasn't happened because Jeffrey, you know, you know, Eddie Royal and in and out of the lineup this year. Kevin White, obviously never playing it down for us uh, in 2015. Um, you know, in and out of the the lineup with injuries for for all of our different uh, defensive linemen and and so on. You know, it's just crazy. It's just crazy how we've been ravaged by injuries this year and how much it's affected uh, the team. So it, it really does kind of make you wonder. With as competitive as we've been in spots, you know, for that great portion right there in the middle of the season from from the Oakland game. You know, even I mean, even though we didn't play well against Washington, it was still a game that we could have had a game there right up until the very end. You know, from that Oakland all the way to Washington, that's a ten-week stretch 
where we were in every football game, you know, if we had a healthier team, if we had healthier players, you know, playing a little bit better because they're not hurt or whatever, who knows how many of those games that we lost that we might have won and what kind of position we'd be in uh, right now. So it just kind of makes you wonder. Uh, you know, 2015 is, even though it was always looked upon as a, a rebuilding or a reloading uh, situation uh, going in, kind of, you know, 5-9 and nine at this point is kind of where the Bears were expected to be going in. But, um, you know, who knows how this whole season would have turned out if we'd have had the team that we wanted out on the field more than we haven't because it's just been injuries have, have kept the Bears from having that healthy team on the field at all times uh, this year. And I know that's been the case for a lot of teams this year, but who gives a shit about those other teams? You know what I'm saying? Uh, pardon my language there. But, you know, it's still, you know, who cares about those other teams? We're worried about the Bears and, and so on. So, Anywho, I think that's going to do it for the review of the Bears and the Vikings. Uh, we get amped up for the Buccaneers now. And uh, I'm doing the show Tuesday morning, and I actually recorded my interview with Sander Phillips from Bucks Nation on SB Nation before I did the show. Uh, so that's already in the can. I actually talked to Sander about this game between the Bears and, and the Bucks, and uh, how he's liking old Lovey out there and and uh, how he's enjoying having Chris Conti and Major Wright as his starting safeties out there in Tampa and how that's working out for him. Had some interesting comments about that. So you'll hear that on the review on the preview episode uh, later on this week. I'll be releasing that one on uh, Christmas Eve on the 24th and, uh, and so on. So, um, yeah. So anyway, what do you say we go ahead and wrap things up with everybody's favorite segment now, Bear Up, Bear Down. Bear up and bear down for the week 15 review episode of the Chicago Bears Review. And, of course, real quickly, before we dive into our awards for the week, uh, we want to remind everyone who isn't playing, you still have a chance. There are, including this week, five episodes left between now and the end of the season to get in on the Spread the Word Challenge, to, to get the word of the Chicago Bears Review out there to anyone who isn't listening, anyone who should be out there uh, listening to it. Right now, our two leaders, Eric McCubbin and Tim Uncle Bear Sanchez, are winning the posters uh, thus far, uh, which will save me a hell of a lot on postage if none of you overseas guys want a piece of this thing. Uh, you know, just spread the word. Retweet the uh, show announcements uh, on Twitter. Uh, you know, give me a review on uh, iTunes. Uh, leave comments or follow me on the Podbean uh, page. Uh, any uh, you know share or you know repost the uh, the show announcement on Facebook and so on any other social media that you might be a part of Google Plus or Tumblr Instagram whatever you might uh, whatever you might have out there if you're spreading the word about the show uh, just let me know about it and uh, I will uh, you know give you credit for those uh, for the points and and uh, you know add it to your total towards winning an official. Chicago Bears review poster designed by yours truly. So uh, if you want to see what the posters look like, just head over to the Chicago Bears review page on Facebook and uh, you'll get a good look at what they uh, what they look like. So uh, that's what they that's what you got there. So like I said, Eric McCubbin, 
Tim Sanchez, Eric was actually definitely going to save me some postage. He's in the area, not too far from where I am. So maybe I could just drive it over and hand it to him and uh, only have to be mailing one out to Tim. Those are my two winners uh, so far. So for those of you out there who want a piece of these posters, you need to start uh, amping up your participation in the game, or at least you need to do a better job of letting me know that you're actually playing because those are the only two guys so far that are making it known that they're out there trying to earn these posters. So for the rest of you out there, Step it up if you want to get a poster. Spread the word of the Chicago Bears review to any Bear fan out there who isn't listening, and we all know that they should be. So anyway, uh, Bear Up and Bear Down. Um, yeah, do we have any Bear Up awards this week? I mean, I think that I had a vote out there for, um, um, well, I think two that I can think of. One, in general, uh, you give a Bear Up to special teams. They pretty much... Uh, you know, answered the call uh, this week from Deontay Thompson's, you know, kickoff return to start the game. Robbie Gold kicking a 51-yard field goal, even though I had a pretty crappy attitude uh, towards it. It's like, yeah, big deal. It didn't matter, so he made it. Of course he would. You know, it's still a 51-yard field goal. That's pretty awesome. Uh, the surprise onside kick that not only did we do it, but it worked. You know, on top of that, the only thing that didn't help or didn't work was the actual onside kick we tried uh, later on in the game. But, you know, the success rate for those, even for kickers not named Robbie Gold, hasn't been high, so whatever. But, uh, you know, so I guess we give a bear up to special teams. And the only other bear up that I can think of off the top of my head um, is John Timu. Uh, John Timu was, was uh, as you know, did played well in the preseason, was actually good enough to make the team at the beginning of the year. The Bears let him go. Uh, at one point, re-signed him pretty much right away. He's been on the practice squad all year. Uh, Christian Jones, this was the one of the interesting things going into this game, was a healthy scratch. He was on the inactive list uh, this week. Um, Vic Fangio had had said that his play had been inconsistent, like I actually told uh, you know, the press, the media, uh, last week uh, You know what he thought of Christian Jones' performance, and the word he used was inconsistent. Uh, I guess maybe Christian hasn't been getting it done in practice. So John Timu got the start this week, and that guy was everywhere. He was absolutely everywhere. So, I mean, you know, I don't know if it was just, uh, you know, this guy taking full opportunity, full, uh, you know, taking full advantage of the opportunity that he was given to get out there and play, or if this was, you know, the juggernaut just waiting to happen that we've been hanging on to and, you know, that bullet in the chamber we've been hanging on to, you know, without pulling the trigger kind of thing. So, we will see, but um, you know, I think he definitely earned a shot to play or start next week against the uh, the Buccaneers, and uh, you know, played very, very well. I think he actually led the team in tackles with about eight or nine tackles. Was pretty much seemed to be everywhere he needed to be, especially in run defense uh, on Sunday. So bear up to uh, John Timu, bear up to special teams. I can't think of anybody else uh, on on uh, for bear ups or bear downs. Uh, the offensive line in general was terrible. Kyle Long, you know, he is my man crush uh, on the team, probably one of my favorite players, if not, if not the favorite player I have uh, on the team uh, just because of, you know, everything. The guy, I love how when we score a touchdown, somehow, no matter where it was on the field, Kyle Long is somehow always the first guy in the end zone to congratulate the guy uh, for the touchdown. You know, always one of the emotional leaders uh, on the team. And, uh, you know, Despite his play in the last couple of games, he's actually been very solid at right tackle for us. 
uh, this year. So, I mean, I don't know if, if he's wearing down or if he's got a nagging injury that nobody's talking about or whatever the case may be, um, you know, but he hasn't been good the last couple of weeks. And two weeks in a row, not only has he allowed a sack, but a sack that was a, you know, a sack strip fumble recovery that killed promising drives in both games. Probably more important last week against the, the Redskins were, you know, in a game that was so close, how much would that have helped us to be able to finish that drive that we were on, uh, you know, but this week, uh, you know, for it to kill any momentum that we had. I mean, it happened in the first drive of both game of in the first drive of both halves for the Bears. A penalty in that first quarter, uh, sucking all the life out of it after Matt Forte's big run. And then in that opening drive, we get the surprise onside kick. We've got the momentum. We've got emotion on our side. Here we go, boys. We're going to make something happen. And no. Fumble, sack, you know, sack, fumble, stripped, and Minnesota's got the ball, and they actually turn that into a touchdown, turn the whole thing on its ear. And, you know, here we go from 17-7, to looking to make this a one-score game to all of a sudden it is a three-score game and it might as well be a 300-point deficit at this point with the way things uh, are going. So definitely got to bear down to Kyle Long. Um, you know, I don't necessarily want to give one to Jake Cutler, but it's hard not to when you throw an interception to a 350-pound offensive defensive lineman who's standing right there in front of you. Uh, hard not to give a bear down to that. Um, you want to give a bear down to Alshon Jeffrey, who only caught one pass for the touchdown uh, in that game, but you, you don't know who to blame on that one. I mean, he didn't uh, he didn't have any drops uh, as he's been suspect to from time to time, uh, drop some wide open passes or anything like that. Um, but he's he's made a career out of beating up on the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, remember that game he had in the Metrodome in 2013, 240 something yards that he had against them, those crazy touchdown catches he had in that game, uh, and so on. He always seems to have a solid performance. He did in Week Eight uh, against the uh, against the Vikings, um, you know, earlier in the year, and uh, that one catch for 10 yards. That was it. That was all we got uh, out of him, and uh, you know, so. I, I don't think I can blame him for that. If we're not throwing him the football, that's not on Jeffrey. But, um, you know, the defense, I guess i got to go with Fangio in that one. The whole thing with the crossing routes has been killing us the last couple of weeks. Running across the middle of the field, you know, I don't know what we have to do different there, if, uh, you know, whatever the situation may be. But that, you know, granted we're not tackling when we get there, but uh, the fact that that middle of the space, the field, of field is like that is wide open is – is uh, that's got to be a coaching thing. I mean, it definitely was with Mel Tucker last year, and Vic Fangio is not Mel Tucker, so we you we expect more out of Vic Fangio. Uh, speaking of the middle of the field, uh, Shane McClellan was absolutely awful uh, on Sunday. Absolutely uh, missing tackles, constantly out of position, you know, and, and much like, uh, you know, I, I think I mentioned this once, watching a, uh, you know, any time that I saw a highlight film for an opponent of the Chicago Bears last year. I almost always spotted at least one or two different highlights where you're watching Shane McCullen chase that person from behind. Like, here it is, you know, uh, Adrian Peterson running. Well, actually, it wouldn't be in last year, would it? Uh, let's see. Let's just go with, uh, 
you know, Eddie Lacy, Eddie Lacy. We played him last year. Eddie Lacy running down the field and who's running behind him, diving at his ankles unsuccessfully. But Shea McClellan, you know, that's uh, that's what we saw again this week. You know, trailing behind whoever it was, getting beat in pass coverage, being victimized and missing tackles in the run, which was probably why John Timu looked so good uh, this week because Shea McClellan was just that bad on top of it. Uh, as well so I mean just pathetic performance out of McClellan uh, on Sunday so I mean just just a tough game overall probably more people worthy uh, of bear down awards maybe give a bear down to John Fox and his clock management and uh, you know what the hell will we be doing at the end of the first half there why won't we be calling timeouts trying to give ourselves a shot to to score especially since we were giving the ball up to start the second half so I mean it just didn't make any sense uh, to me or anyone, for that matter, that was watching the game. But, uh, you know, so maybe a bear down to John Fox uh, for the clock management uh, for the clock management there. So, anyway, it's a bad game all around. You know, probably a lot more awards that are worthy of people when you lose a game 38-17. to 17, And the game didn't – the game really wasn't even that close, to be honest with you. And um, But uh, I think we'll, we'll put a cap on it there. Uh, for now I guess if I had to give up one more bear bear up award I'd give one to Zach Miller uh, you know had a ton of catches for for a good chunk of yards a lot of that was in garbage time uh, in the second half but anytime somebody threw him the ball the guy caught it and got some yardage uh, with it so he's been solid uh, for the Bears this year and I'm definitely looking forward to having him back uh, next season so bear up to Zach Miller just to kind of end the episode on a positive note so one of those guys that I that I really liked last year got injured the Bears brought him back this year and it's been nothing but a good thing for the Bears uh, all season long having Zach Miller back so that will do it for the week 15 review episode of the Chicago Bears review come back on Thursday on Christmas Eve uh, when we will have the week 16 preview with our good friend Sander Phillips from Bucks Nation on SBNation.com talking about the Bears and the Buccaneers, what the Bear, what the Bucks have been up to with good old Lovey Smith at the helm, the progress and regression that they've had uh, from this year. The two teams, uh, similar records, the Bucks are 6-8, and eight, the Bears are 5-9, and nine, have had similar ebbs and flows uh, this year. Get some, some good wins and, and kind of in the outside discussion for playoffs and then, you know, Two weeks in a row, uh, the Bucks lost their last two games. The Bears obviously lost, lost their last three. So neither one of them is in playoff talk anymore. Just looking to end the season on a positive note. We'll talk to Sander about that and uh, any other things that I could, uh, you know, muster up in my pretty little head uh, on Thursday. So come back for the preview episode. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Chicago Bears Review. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. 
Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.